Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Welcome to the latest Forza Italian Football Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Clancy, back again this week. It's good to be getting back into the run of things. Joining me again is Luca Gumby. Luca, welcome along. Yeah, hi, glad to be here. Good good weekend of action in our Serie A with latest news of uh, North Korea launching missiles to, to cause international issues. I'm slightly curious as to how that might affect Perugia's Serie B campaign as they've got two North Korean players, but just... Going off a tangent, yeah, happy to be here. Let's get going. As tangential as always, Luca. And joining us this week, for real, no mix-ups, is Vito Doria. Vito, welcome along. We missed you last week with all the confusion. Yeah, thanks, Connor. Yeah, I'm actually glad that I'm really here to speak to you guys. And yeah, it'd be great to get the ball rolling for 2017-2018. Absolutely. It's good to have you back on. And given the two you're on, we'll, we might get a little bit of Samp chat in later on. But Why not? Kick things off. I was going to start with you, Ve, but given that Patrick Schick has just touched down in Rome ahead of a move to Roma, why not start at the capital? So we'll start with Schick. Guys, Luca, you wrote about Patrick Schick somewhere over the summer, if I remember correctly. We spoke about him a lot while you were over here. What can Roma fans expect? I think... They can expect a lot from him. They've had Jekyll who's been scoring goals, but he's not necessarily always been their favourite player because he just sort of is quite limited. But Schick is a lot, lot more of a all-round player. They could even play him with Jekyll play him out on the wide because even though he's a striker, he's perhaps most notable abilities is dribbling. He can beat players. And the way they came through at Sampdoria, like, 
wasn't that much expected for of him. He came in after a loan at Bohemians and he just exploded, coming off the bench, scoring almost every time he did, then becoming a really important player and his value just skyrocketed. I think he's a great player to watch. And I personally think he'll do really well at Roma. He's not necessarily a player who can make a difference on his own, but like he's just got this kind of real fun kind of character about him to watch. He, he takes men on and he can cut back and shoot. He just finishes cleanly with his left foot. He's got an all good all round game. I think he's a, a real entertainer. And I think if I was a Roma fan, I'd be very excited to see him come in. And, and um, perhaps I, if I was Juventus fan, I'd be quite disappointed at my club for failing to finish, finalise that signing or perhaps into the movement. But I think he's a very good player and he'll be a, He'll just keep getting better and better. And again, he's just a very fun player to watch. Yeah, Vito, we've seen him compared with Dennis Bergkamp a lot. Is that going a bit too far this early on? Or is there a sense of real excitement about what he can go on to do? I reckon the excitement is genuine. Uh, in addition to the Bergkamp comparisons, he's been compared to Zlatan Ibrahimovic and I've even compared him to Marco Van Basten. And... I'm still convinced that those type of comparisons are justified even at his young age. At Roma, I don't think he would take Dzeko's place right away, but in the long term he could take his place. And also he's a versatile and mobile player, so I wouldn't be surprised if Di Francesco puts him on a wing and perhaps he could be like Manolo Gabbiadini was at Sampdoria where Sinisa Mahalovic started him as a right winger, although he was a centre forward. So with that mobility, and as Luca mentioned just before, he does have the dribbling ability. So to start from a wide position and then just move into a more central channel, I think he's got the technical skill and the football brain to get into the right positions and use the most of his skills. Yeah, it will be interesting to see him at Roma because Eusebio Di Francesco is quite good with young up-and-coming talent as we saw when he was at Sassuolo. And Roma need a replacement for Salah. And I know Schick isn't exactly that type of player at all, but he will he could play in the position vacated by Salah, who was now on to Liverpool, of course. But if we're going to talk about their performance at the weekend, they weren't good. It it really wasn't good from Roma. They went 1-0 up. Edin Dzeko scored a brilliant goal. But in truth, I think Inter were losing that more than Roma were winning it. Inter just didn't show up until quite late on. But then Roma just fell apart and Inter won 3-1. Vito, I'll stick with you for this. What happened to Roma in the second half there? It really was a case of Roma just not capitalising on the opportunities they created. Dzeko had opened the scoring, but there were times where they failed to convert their chances, such as Mangalan's daisy cutter from distance where he hit the post. And then Perotti, he also hit the woodwork as well with a curling shot. And in another situation, El Sharari uh, had chipped uh, Handanovic, but one of the defenders, I think it was uh, uh, Miranda from memory, uh, but uh, one of the inter-defenders managed to clear the ball off the line. So... It's another what if, but if they converted those chances, we would be talking about a totally different game. But it goes to show that you need to convert the chances and Inter, especially if Mauro Icardi, he definitely knows how to score the goals and he's a quality finisher, Icardi. So 
is really proving his worth for the Nerazzurri there. Yeah, there are there are a few strikers out there in European football, never mind Italian football, that can do what Icardi does so regularly, so consistently on so few chances, really. Um, he is excellent, as Nicholas Carroll would attest to if he was on with us now. But, Luca, for the Ricardis and their Joe Marios and Borja Valeros, and all the spending they've done in recent years, Yuto Nagatomo and Danilo D'Ambrosio still play for Inter. Why? What are they doing that different coaches keep selecting them? Because I really don't see it. Well, I think they will be on the way out now. The Inter have signed Dalbert and Jao can say, uh, I think even against Roma, you saw that with Nagatomo coming off, Dalbert made his debut and then he got quite a few rave reviews for that. He added a lot more going forwards. So I, I, I guess, like, to be fair, they've never been as bad as people put out. It's just kind of their easy scapegoats at Inter and everyone just piles in on them. But they're, they're, they're sort of media players who coaches can kind of rely on to be average, not much more than that. And that's sort of been continuing because they've been there for ages and everyone's kept playing them over like other systems or players that people would prefer to see. So they clearly have enough about them to earn the faith of their, their coaches. They're probably good professionals who work hard. But yeah, with, with Dalbert and Cancelo, yeah, they're, they're going to be on the way up. But I think perhaps some of the stick that Nagatomo gets is quite unfair as well. In, in his first game of the season against Fiorentina, he got the assist for the, the penalty when Icardi was brought down. It was a very good ball over the top. So I think it's just sort of you kind of have this state in football where one player as soon as he starts to get criticism it kind of everyone kind of copies that and it just sort of starts to revolve and feed off itself but yeah you will assume that Spalletti is going to start to bring in Delmar Cancelo now they've been there there's an international brain there'll be time to work and get them in the team and ready so it'll be a new inter uh, fullback uh, I think when Serie A returns after many years of the same story yeah that is a fair point about Nagatomo it's one that I would largely agree with as well he's not the most spectacular player by any means but he he is a worker and he is kind of a top professional um if Xiao Cancelo I signed him a football manager a few years back I was in Serie B with Atalanta and I played like a 2-3-2-3 formation he was the right wing back he scored 15 goals and so he's excellent he's going to go on to big things from my experience in football manager with him anyway um we've touched on Sheik Roma Inter yeah um Genoa Juve then. Right. It's been said that Juventus are a bit weak this season. Uh, we've said it as well. But they fought back brilliantly from... They were 2-0 down, weren't they? To win 4-2. Uh, Paolo Dybala was incredible. But is it more of a positive that they managed to fight back or more of a negative that they were 2-0 down to Genoa in the first place? Um, Vito, you've got some feelings about Genoa, as listeners will remember from last season. So I'll come to you. I must admit that I'll play the devil's advocate and say I think it's a concern that Juventus were trailing 2-0 down. Although my feelings for Genoa are clear, I must admit they did get off to a good start and Juric is someone who is a disciple of Gasparini and you can tell with the 3-4-3 and the usage of the wings that they were dangerous for a while. So they were very lethal through the wings with Laxalt, Tarapt, Pandev and uh, Lazovic. But for Juventus, I think it goes to show when you have a player like Dybala who can uh, turn a game around, I think that's very important for them because 
if someone like that can't help them out, a 2-0 lead, in Italy it's not so much a concern now, but if they have this problem in a big game event, especially in the Champions League, they might not be able to recover properly. And that's my concern because uh, we saw what happened in the Champions League final last season and it goes to show if you can't uh, crawl back from those deficits, you're going to be in huge trouble. Yeah, Luca, Paolo Di Bala has been given the number 10 shirt at Juve. Big boots to fill, really. Um, the comparisons are obvious with Baggio, Del Piero, even Pogba and Tevez more recently. But he has, he's been impressive in recent years. But is this the season that could really define his time at Juventus, whether it goes on for another five years or whether it ends this coming summer? Is this the time where he really needs to step up and become that 10 that Juventus have been calling out for? I think, yeah, there's certainly something in that. Just with the example of that game at Genoa, what was just mentioned in the idea that this was kind of a Juve team that we thought might be on its way back. They lost that game last season, so that could have been on their minds. They went down the sort of shell shot and then Dybala, just this kind of star in the team, just emerged to just drag them by scruffing that forward. And it's, it's a bit hard at Juventus, really, in a way, to kind of like say what it is that they need now to kind of define themselves because they've been so good for so long recently in Serie A that their kind of achievements, in a way, sort of worthless, in a way, because they're just expected. So you kind of like, unless Dybala is going to just score like a ridiculous amount of goals and beat one of these kind of out-out strikers to the Capo Cananiera, it's kind of hard to see what you can really do to get all this kind of praise but even last year he was kind of regarded as like or at least outside of Italy he was sort of seen as a kind of emerging player still but even then at Juventus he was still pretty much at the top of his game and I think like obviously the, the fact that he's changed his shirt number kind of gives a sort of added kind of glamour to him and it puts a bit more pressure on him but against January he was unplayable it was just a really really incredible performance just to really drag his team back into it after they not turned up in the first 10 minutes but he, he was pretty much like as as good as he's going to be last season unless he's going to become like the best player in the world I don't really see what more he can do and then I don't know how he defines his time at Juventus other than winning the Champions League so it's just yeah he either keeps on going at Juve or perhaps he moves to someone like Barcelona but otherwise he's already a brilliant player I don't think he has anything left to prove I, I do think there is that next step from today because we saw against Barcelona last year what he's capable of but then in the Champions League final, it wasn't all that impressive. And I don't know. I think Paolo Dybala still has a little bit of developing to do. And like you said, he's already a brilliant player. So the future could be absolutely fantastic for him. Vito, look at this on it there. Juventus and their expectations for the season, really. Because winning Serie A isn't enough for them anymore. And as we've said on here quite vocally, Napoli are very strong. They got a good win at the weekend again. Um what are you very realistically expecting to do this year? And then what do you think they will deliver? Juve being Juve, I reckon they would probably expect to win as many trophies as possible. Uh, whether winning the Champions League is a realistic proposition for them, that's a different story. For me, I reckon that reaching the quarterfinals, maybe the semifinals would be a more realistic target for them because I'm still not overly convinced that they can go and win the tournament this time around. I reckon that last season was a golden opportunity that was missed. 
As for the Seria campaign, I do feel that because of the greater focus on the Champions League and also as well the way the Serie A clubs have built up over the summer, I do believe that Juventus will probably drop off the pace and I reckon they'll finish third. I reckon Napoli and AC Milan, they're capable of uh, finishing higher than you'll be. Third is a big shout. I don't think they'll win it, but I wouldn't go quite as far as to finish third. I think Milan will have a few gelling problems throughout the course of the season, which you can't really blame them for, but who knows? We'll move on to Milan now. They beat Cagliari 2-1. But Patrick Cutrone, we've spoken about young talent in Italy, but this guy, four goals in the six games this season, he looks quite good. And to think that Milan were trying to sign Andrea Bellotti, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, Alvaro Morata, even Diego Costa this summer, and they had this guy who they were nearly sending out on loan to Crotone, but it just didn't come through, and I'm sure they are delighted to keep hold of him because Luca, he's been brilliant already this season, hasn't he? Yeah, he certainly has. He sort of Milan bring in all these expensive players, and then it's him who's really been the, the emerging star and he's the one who's... And the faith of Montella to get in that starting lineup, and every time he's done, he's delivered. And uh, yeah, he certainly got excellent movement. That that goal he scored against Calories to open the score, and it was the, the eventual finish was just to tap him. But the way he just sort of stood behind his defender, waited, 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 and then as soon as that ball came in, just got past him to the far post to, to apply the finish. It was very impressive. And uh, yeah, the, the Italy under twenty one coach Di Biagio was saying he's quite a similar player to Belotti in that. Perhaps Bellotti is just kind of this out-and-out penalty box finisher and Kutron is the same where he's not necessarily got these obvious physical or technical attributes, which you think, oh, yeah, he's this kind of player, but it doesn't really matter because he still still, still, still uh, scores goals. So, yeah, he's certainly one to, to watch. And then he's playing with Barini again, this other player that Milan brought in. It was probably one of the less exciting uh, buys on paper and the uh, the transfer winner, but they, they did perfectly well. It was a half-full win for Milan, so they can take half from that, that they managed to get over the line in a tough game and yeah Catrano is certainly one, one to keep an eye on he's, he's been doing well perhaps uh, Di Biagio linking into Bellotti could prove to be a bit uh, you know poison chalice it's not always good for players to be linked to other players and become the next whoever but yeah he's, he's done very well so far and uh, be interesting if we can keep the momentum up after the international break yeah I think um, Leonardo Panucci might have also compared him to was singing his praises during the week or over the weekend as well. Vito, Lucas Biglia came off the bench for, I think it was his debut in Red and Black. You would imagine he will be the eventual slash immediate successor to Ricardo Montalivo in that team because Montalivo has kind of been past it for a few years now and Biglia is, a, I think he's a brilliant player. He's one of the best at his in his position in Europe, probably. What will he bring to Milan? Because we've seen him at Lazio it, he hasn't really got all the talent around him, I, I think it's fair to say, but this Milan team are looking to push on for bigger things. Can he be the main man holding that midfield together in a team competing for the Scudetto and even the Champions League in a couple of years? I reckon Bilio will make a difference. Montalivo is a player that has, let's face it, underachieved in his career and has not lived up to expectations. So, Bilia, I expect him to control the play much better than Montalivo does. 
And with the better talent surrounded around him, I do think that instead of just being a ball winner or ball distributor, I also think that he can also casually get amongst the goals because I saw at Lazio on occasion, sometimes he could take uh, free kicks or penalties or even strike volleys from outside the box. And he hasn't actually got a bad shot on him. So maybe Montella could add something to his role at Milan or change something in Billy's game so he can contribute a little bit more in the offensive phase of the game. Yeah, absolutely. I think he could be one of, if not their, well, definitely not their best, but one of the really important signings that they've brought in this summer. Uh, moving on to who a lot of us at Forza Italian Football think will win the Scudetto this year, and that is Napoli. They beat Atalanta at the Stadio San Paolo on Sunday night, and to be fair, it was a great game. Um, Atalanta were on the back foot for the first 10 minutes, but then really took over for the remainder of the first half. Napoli just weren't really at the races and Napoli went in 1-0 down but a different side came out for the second half I don't know what Maurizio Sarri said to them in there but it was a seriously impressive performance and the type of performance that we have come to expect from Napoli Vito I know you watched this game as well so I will stick with you but do you think this kind of battling from not playing well to turning it on in the second half is a sign of the champions to be or is it way too early to be talking about that? Although it is early to talk about them being the champions for 2017-2018, I do feel that it is the type of result that Napoli needed to get. Last season, Atalanta bet Napoli in both games, so this time the Napolitani managed to overcome a bogey opponent which should boost their confidence. And, of course, the common theme with champion teams is that they don't always play well, but when things are tough, they do manage to grind it out or they manage to cope through the tougher times and then switch it on, which is very good for a team like Napoli because they're known to be a team that just plays flat out fast for a duration of games, but sometimes they bottle it in small games or games they should win. So... It is a vital win from their perspective. Another thing to uh, talk about is that, yeah, just with Napoli, instead of the usual suspects always doing well, at least, you know, Zielinski and Rog contributed with the goals, especially Zielinski. He made it 1 1. Life is full of what ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. With, with a fantastic volley, and for me, it's got to be up there with one of the goals of the season already. Um, yeah, well, Roger Zielinski got that really goal, but yeah, it was a stunning strike. But Luca, Vito said it there, it is a real sign of a good team when they do not perform to their best and win. But what do you think? Napoli, are we getting carried away by talking about them as serious title contenders this season or are they the real deal? They got this Scudetto pact or whatever among the dressing room that Pepe Reina apparently started and is now going to be the first one to break it. But do you think they can win the Scudetto? I know you're probably the most hesitant of us all to say it. Yeah, I am wary of tagging them as the favourites. But I think if, it, if it's not Juve, it's Napoli at the moment. Like they, they do probably play the best football, perhaps even in Europe, when they, when they really turn it on. And like like with Juventus winning away at Genoa after struggling for them to do against Atalanta, it's the same thing as that thing that Vito said. It's that kind of famous mark of champions that you still win when you're not playing well. But then even at the end, when they when they did go ahead, they really turned it on that goal for Rog with a... Mertens making a lovely little run off the ball and then that really cushioned part of the finish. So, yeah, I, I guess perhaps some of this stuff with Rayner perhaps being off or perhaps staying, it appeared like he was saying goodbye to the crowd, but then I think his wife said he's going to stay now on Instagram as we get the information these days. So perhaps that's a kind of a distraction. But I think, yeah, like if, if it's not Juve for me, it is, it is Napoli. And you perhaps don't really expect them to make any kind of big signings between now and the end of the window. But I think that that's okay. The way they perform as a team, it's a real kind of organic unit where they have like really good chemistry and they know what they're doing. So it'll be interesting to see how they go on. And Atalanta have been a bit of a bogey team for them in the past, especially away. So for them to beat them at this point in the season as well kind of could give them a bit of confidence. Yeah, absolutely. I think Napoli lost three games in Serie A last season. That could be wrong. And two of them were against Atalanta. So Atalanta have had the better of them in recent seasons. But that was a huge win, especially when they went 1-0 down. Just really couldn't see them coming back the way they were playing. Would Reina be that big of a loss? I I don't really think he's all that good. He, he comes up with some spectacular saves every once in a while. Vito, I can, shake, I can see you shaking your head, so I'm going to come to you. But... I, I think you might agree with me. I, I don't rate him that highly. He's always caught out. He seems to switch off every once in a while. He gets beaten at his near post a fair bit. Would they think that much? I don't think they will. On the basis of last season, I thought he conceded some rather soft goals and I don't think his reflexes are probably as good as they used to be. So depending on who they replaced him with, I think... Uh, Napoli will be fine from that aspect. They just need someone who can actually you know, be dependable, be more alert. And on, like I said, on the basis of last season, uh, Reina does not look like the goalkeeper that he used to be. I thought maybe the first season that he was there, he was a top signing. And even uh, you know, the first season he was there under Sarri's tutelage, he did well. But 
I don't think uh, he's what Napoli needs if they want a goalkeeper to bail them out in key matches. Yeah, yeah to be fair. Oh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I think I'd agree with you, even though I, I sort of flagged up as perhaps a, a kind of issue for them. Like, Rayner would perhaps be the obvious weak point in that team. It's just, I don't think they've really planned for him to leave at this point. So, uh, either they bring in a panic buy who they perhaps spend more money than they would like to, or I think it would be more likely they just wouldn't buy anyone and they promote someone that they've got now. So, uh, like, so technically, I don't think the Rainer would necessarily be that big a loss, and I think they kind of do need to improve him sooner or later anyway. But I, I, I can't really see Napoli having everything in order to to move on straight away without him. And I think he is also quite a big personality in that dressing room. So perhaps his kind of leadership kind of qualities would be perhaps the most obvious thing that they would lose if he did uh, leave this window. Yeah, I know they've been linked with, I think his name is Ruli from Real Sociedad, and they have been in talks with them all summer. So, But they say now, because it's so late on, and Real Sociedad won 40 million, that there's probably too much work to be done on both sides there to get that deal to go through this late on. But yeah, we'll move on now to, but just because you guys are here really, Fiorentina won Sampdoria 2. Briefly, Vito, talk us through what happened here. Well, the good thing was that we managed to get the result because I don't think we were as fluid or as uh, technically expensive like like we were against Benevento. I thought although we trailed against Benevento, we still played some excellent football or what I would call Doria style. But uh, this game in Florence, I thought at least we were good in the defensive phase and we took our chances the good thing, too, was that Caprari, who was at Pescara last season, managed to get his first goal in a Serie A fixture. And he could have made it 3 0 just after half time, but his chip went wide. So I think it's good that we actually get a point on the road. And two from two, I don't think there's much to complain about. And uh, the only good thing is that maybe I would like a few more contributors uh, on the score sheet. But otherwise, Better to be, uh, you know, two from two than not to have uh, the full quota of points. Vito, you you don't need anyone else getting the score sheet when you've got Fabio Quagliarella in your ranks because that man scores goals for fun and it doesn't matter how old he is now. I don't care. He's still 23 at heart. But, Vito, how is he doing it? Because he's been brilliant so far this season and he was quite good last as well. I reckon it's just a confidence thing. Uh, The one... Moment, or actually, the two moments that probably ruined his career was he had the stalker problems at Napoli, and then at Juventus he had a serious knee injury, and that impacted on his career. So now that he's back at Sump, at least he's getting his body right, he's staying fit, and he's not someone that really has to track back or anything. He's just got to play on the last against the last line of opposition defenders. So. He's the top of play that can create something out of nothing too. So I reckon that's a big difference. And in a young team like this, I reckon his experience is rather handy. Yeah, with Luis Muriel going to Sevilla and Patrick Schick now leaving to Roma, his importance is going to just become so much more amplified in that team. Luca, you were terrified for this season. First time story, I think it's fair to say. Were your fears a little bit misguided or is the worst 
very much to come. Well, it's hard, it's hard to say, obviously, after two games. It's just, it's kind of frustrating when you support them and they, they're seemingly so eager to sell all of their, their best players as soon as they can, as they've done with Muriel, Schick and uh, Skriniar. That they've, they've raked in a lot of money and it's kind of, you, you, know, you know it's not going to be invested in the team, you don't really expect it to be. But yeah, it's certainly certainly been fairly encouraging to start with. I think my first win at Fiorentina in 12 years or something, it's not the best Fiorentina side that there's been in that period, but it's nice to kind of break that record. And yeah, I think Carniarella will be kind of the key man he's had experience while he's at this uh, this kind of setting that he likes, where he's clearly comfortable and he's well liked by the supporters so yeah and perhaps there's some players who can really push on this this season like Pryor who is a like very highly rated young Belgian player he's been linked with the Premier League a bit recently but he's still there for the moment so he did fine in his first season move can really kick on that'd be good and again Vito mentioned uh, Cabrari so it was important for him to score his regular in Pescara last season when they, they struggled a lot for perhaps Inter might give him a bit of a chance there but uh, he's 24 so he's kind of at this point now where he's not really young enough to, to be given a free pass and I think Sampdoria could be the right environment for him to, to really prove that but I think perhaps there could be a bit of a lack of depth in attack with Schick on uh, Bonanzoli's now gone off on loan so unless uh, Quagliarella can really really carry that team uh, or he gets injured I think there might be perhaps uh, a bit of a risk going on if uh, there's any deficiencies away in um, attack Vito, you're, you still have some concerns about the fullback situation at Samp. Sorry, I just got distracted by a flag in Lucas' apartment. I'm not happy about it. But go on, tell us what's going on there. I, well, the fullback situation is probably my main concern now because although Sampdoria haven't really spent big on anyone, at least in those positions, uh, most, most positions are well covered, but the fullbacks. I'm still not overly convinced because in the first two games, they're probably Sump's biggest weakness. Um, Jacopo Sala from Verona, um, I think his best position is either as a wide midfielder in a 4-4-2 or as a box-to-box midfielder. And uh, Vasco Regini, he's looking good now as a centre-back, so I hope he doesn't have to play as a left-back. Pavlovic, I don't think he's anything special. And Nicola Moro, I think he just needs time to gel properly. So uh, at the moment, maybe with left back, we might be okay if Moro can get things right. But right back between Salah and Berezinski, I am not convinced. I think uh, the opposition can expose something there. Luca, you made friends with um, Christian Pagione over the weekend, I think, did you? Yeah, well, uh, it's, a, it's a classic move if you want interaction. Is you, you quote tweet who scores team of the week. So I did that, saying he was good. He liked the tweet, and then on Instagram he had a picture of who scores team of the week. So because he was moaning that he only got a six in the local paper in the uh, Pagella after the game, when he was probably one of the best players because they did kind of ride their luck a bit in that game. Uh, Some I think Davakar was still a sitter, and he managed to claw away on the line, but. He did, he did well, and uh, yeah, that's perhaps another area is Viviano seemingly never fit at the moment, whereas Bujone is obviously like the kind of fan favourite, local boy in the, the fan, and he's always done well, but they will uh, kind of need uh, Viviano to come back sooner or later. And as uh, Vito said, they do have a bit of a weird reluctance at the moment to play fullbacks at fullback, but uh, I, I mean, I think they'll, they'll be okay, maybe not as bad as I'd feared, and, but uh, nothing, nothing too exciting. I think I was at 
Pujani's debut. It was against Genoa, wasn't it? In the derby, and they won. He was shaky at, at first, but he performed quite well. We've got an angry, quite an angry and aggressive question coming in. Do you think Milan will series A? Tell me now. I, I think he wants to know if we think Milan will win Serie A. No. Um, Quagliarella isn't the only veteran striker doing amazingly well in Serie A at the moment because big Marco Barriello was at it again for another new club, Spal. Vito, you watch this. Uh, Barriello is still bossing it and Spal look like they could have life. What do you think? Can they stay up this year? On paper, it's really hard to say if Spal will stay up, but... I think because of good recruiting and also how the coach Leonardo Semplici sets them up, uh, I think that's where tactics prove to be vital. If he can get the whole team to gel properly like he did in Liga Pro and Serie B, they might uh, fancy their chances. About Boriello, the funny thing is that uh, last season in the Coppa Italia, Cagliari won 5-1 against Spal and Boriello scored four goals. So I wonder if that was the time where Spal said, yep, yeah, if we're going to Serie A, we've got to get this guy. And he opened the scoring, so that's a big plus from their point of view. The man is amazing. He's going to hit at least 15 goals again this season. Uh, he got 16, I think it was, for Cagliari last season. And he did brilliantly at Atalanta the season before when he came in, after doing amazingly for Carpi the first six months of the season. But talking about young strikers now, Andrea Bellotti got off the mark for Torino. They beat Sassuolo 3 Luca, what are Torino and Bellotti's hopes for this season, really? I think Torino can actually hope for, for quite a lot because we sort of had a lot of optimism at this stage last season, but then the defence kind of wasn't really up to it. But then they managed to keep Bellotti, which is a, a real achievement. And then they've been bringing in other players. I think Nkulu did very well against Sassuolo there. I think got an assist at some point or he certainly caught the eye and just to have kept Beloit is just a real kind of sign of it. In 10, yeah, um, Joe Hart's no longer in goal. Uh, he was kind of this big name probably sort of had this kind of impact on the atmosphere of the club when then eventually turned out not to be as, as good as hoped. So, uh, and then is it, is it super good if we placed him with us? No, have I, have I made that up? Is it in goal for Torino now? Sergio rings about. I don't actually know who's in goal for Torino. I found myself asking. I found myself asking myself this at the weekend as well because, of course, Padelli has rocked up at Inter remarkably. Luke, I presume you're looking up who Torino goalkeeper is at the moment. I'll edit this bit out of the podcast before it goes up on iTunes, obviously, because dead air isn't good. Fido, yeah, no, sorry, it was it is Sergio, but yeah, I think Bartley perhaps won't hit the heights of. Last season, even though he's still a great player, but I just think to kind of keep at that that real top level, and he can really help drag Torino forwards. And it would just kind of be sort of about stabilising for him now, and just sort of not kind of uh, regressing. But I don't see any reason why why that would happen. All right, it's international break now. We're not going to talk about it too much. Might do a podcast in the week talking about that. Italy play a huge game against Spain on Saturday. At the Bernabeu as well, so that's not going to be easy. A must-win game, really. But uh, Vito, I think I have the solution for Italy. If they want to beat Spain, just call up Fabio Quagliarella and Marco Barriello, and that's job done, right? <laughs> oh, it would be great to see a 
Sampdoria striker back in the Azzurri, it'd be great, yeah, at least for my own uh, personal interests. Well, realistically, uh, the only long-term option for Italy, if they're going to get a sub play, is Caprari, if he manages to become a prolific striker, whereas, uh, you know, I think uh, realistically, Coyarella's had his time. Now, for me, I reckon to beat Spain, they might have to go with the 3-5-2 and shelve the 4-2-4 formation for a bit because that formation in the last five or six years seems to serve Italy well when playing against the Spaniards. Yeah, Spain don't like it at all, do they? There was the Euro 2012 final when they smashed them, but Italy always frustrates Spain. We saw them, Italy kind of took them apart in the Euros last year, really. But yeah, I'm quietly optimistic because it's always against these big teams that they're not expected to beat that Italy really show up and do a job, isn't it? So who knows? They might they might get it done. Luca, did you? someone want to jump in before we wrap things up? Any other business to add? VAR. Let's go over VAR again. We're not going over VAR again because if we start doing that, we're going to be talking about VAR every other week. And someone gave out to us during the week. But, was but it broke the hearts of the Benevento fans who had the stadium announcer giving them the goal celebration, the 90th and equaliser, first point in Serie A. Then the computer said, no, lads, you can't have it. That's heartbreaking. Was the decision right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. But then Roma had one where it never got reviewed when they probably should have had a penalty. So who knows, who knows? Yeah, and the referee in the Napoli Atalanta game did not know what he was doing. At one point, he signaled to go to the VAR thing. And then Jose Callahan started shouting at him because the decision was over like a throw-in. And then the referee just waves it away. And he was a disaster. I can't remember who it was. It might have been Luca Banti, but I... who knows? All right, guys, if that's it, then that is it. Um, listeners, viewers, wherever you're watching, listening to this, if you like our stuff, subscribe to us on iTunes and Acast. If you really, really like our stuff, you can head to patreon.com forward slash Forza Italian Football and donate as little or as much as you possibly can afford and we will love you forever. You get priority of questions and a few different extra rewards. You can check those out over on patreon.com forward slash Forza Italian Football. There's a beautiful Roberto Baggio mug up for grabs and stickers and pens and other things like that. It's, it's excellent. We're excellent and you should love us as much as we love you. You can get us on Twitter at Serie FFC, Facebook and Instagram at Forza Italian Football, YouTube. Some of you who are watching this will obviously know, listeners might not. I think it's just youtube.com forward slash Forza Italian Football. Search it and you'll find us. I'm on Twitter at ConCalcio. No, at ConJClancy. Still getting used to that. I don't like it. Vito, where can they find you on Twitter? Well, on Twitter, my handle is at Vito C. Doria. Perfect. And Luca? Uh, at Gumbizano. Excellent. I love making you say your Twitter username. You always get a little bit uncomfortable. But um, I'll do that again next week. And until then, there's nothing else for me to say other than ciao for now.
che stesse un'avventura. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 